Hello, it is Wednesday, March 24th. Good show today. Hey, I'm proud of today's show. Yeah, great show today. We were talking earlier. This really is like a throwback episode, kind of. It does. And now there might be a lot of new people or whatever to the, to the train. We appreciate the hell out of you. We know there's some OGs out there as well. I think today is going to be a show that kind of showcases what this show can be if it has to be. Mm -hmm. A little bit of range. I think so. You know, we're sports stooges, but if it does involve sports, we will stooge about it. Oh, yeah. In a pretty good fashion today. We can't thank you enough for joining us. And by the end of the show, you enjoy it. Please be a friend and tell a friend. And if not, just act like it never happened. Yeah. Move along. Let's get to it. Hey, we're taking a little bit of a dive into a different world of the sports. You know, the Olympic Games are coming up, and for the first time ever, climbing. Oh, you know this thing? Mm -hmm. What? Where you climb the rocks? Rocks, boulders, mm -hmm. sheets, speed. That's going to be in the Olympic Games. Okay. Ooh. There's a guy coming on to chat with us who's not in the Olympic Games, although we are going to try to, I believe, convince him yeah. to. Yeah. He is the star of the documentary Free Solo that came out a couple years ago. I watched it again last night. This dude is unbelievable. He climbs these sheets of rock that are thousands and thousands of feet in the air, and he does it with no ropes or anything like that. Other rock climbers actually look at this man and say, what you're doing, if you are to say that you're going to do this for the rest of your life, your life is not going to be a long one. Most people climb with ropes and belaying and everything. This guy has become famous because he climbs these sheets of rock, these mountains, these cliffs with no ropes on them. He just goes out there, lets his hands do the work, lets these little shoes that you're putting a lot of banking on going into little crevices this big, knowing that if there's one slip, one accidental misstep, mishand, dead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jeez. Every person that has committed their life to free solo climbing is dead, basically, except for the guy that's coming to talk to us. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Honnold. Yeah. Uh, anybody that watched the free solo doc, I watched it again last night. As soon as you watch it, the first minute oh. of the thing, your palms just literally start sweating. You start getting anxiety, especially with how TVs are nowadays with 4K. It feels mm -hmm. like you're staring over the 3,000 foot fall that he could potentially have with zero. This is courtesy of 60 Minutes. This son of a bitch tries to die out here. Jeez. Now, talking to him, I think watching, I try to watch it back because there is actually something with his amygdala, okay, which is a part of the brain in the frontal lobe. Uh, it is... It is near the medulla oblongata. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. But something in his amygdala, although it is where you control your emotions and everything, when they did a CT scan of his brain in this free solo documentary, it showed he has like no emotions basically. Like this guy, he almost feels alive whenever this is happening. Like this is what he needs. And his ability to stay calm and cool is why. Deep thinker though, this guy. Cerebral mm -hmm. deep thinker. Excited to chat with him in about 20 minutes. I have no idea how it's gonna go. He and I are polar opposite individuals. Mm -hmm. This is talking about a clash from a fan to a man that probably has no idea he exists. Can't wait to chat with him, and I'm going to ask him some simple questions. How? Yeah. How? How did we get here? Yep. This is what I want to talk about. This dude, with banking on that these shoes, these shoes, he did not make them, I don't think. Somebody else made them. He's banking on that this little piece of rubber right here isn't just going to accidentally. I've, I've, had, I've had cleats, a couple hundred dollar cleats, $300 cleats that I wore in the NFL. I kick, okay, onside kick. Foot hits the ground, breaks at the seams. Mm -hmm. Okay, breaks. If that happens to this guy in the middle of one of these climbs, dead. Bye-bye. Dead. Little wind gust, handing, yeah. dead. See ya. 
They're, they show videos of him jumping to a little ledge trying to get uh. to. Dead. And we'll talk to him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's got a new podcast coming out called Climbing Gold. It'll be a podcast talking to other climbers. Believe it or not, uh, this might not sound like something I'm into, but I'm fascinated by these people. Tommy Campbell, who's another guy, he had the Dawn Wall. It's a, another documentary that was out there. I guess out in Yosemite out there, there's just a bunch of, it's like kind of the heaven for the climbers and everything like that. There's something called the Dawn Wall. It had never been climbed before. Tommy Campbell, who's this legend in climbing, he basically did the Dawn Wall, but he was doing it with ropes. I, I believe it's called, I'm not 100% sure the the whole thing, but he, he accomplished it. Tommy Campbell, the guy that I thought was like the guy of climbing because he climbed this thing that was unclimbable he's in this documentary with uh with old alex here and he's like why are you doing what like <laughs> like what you're doing is very like you are a you are a madman what you're doing Maniac. and alex was like yeah and one of his quotes was like hey i'll choose i'll choose climbing over bitches every day <laughs> <laughs> like, you know he said women obviously he's very respectful yeah. but i just thought of the money over bitches he's living out in a van out in the middle of a park just eating out of these little frying pans with potatoes, waking up in the morning, going right to the goddamn rocks, deciding whether or not he wants to climb up something with no uh, no ropes at all. We're talking about things that people don't want to climb if they were just being a basket and to be carried up that yeah, not a chance. Standing at the top, he was sitting at the top of this thing uh, and they were talking about whether or not he was going to do it with no ropes and finally El Capitan is the, is the thing he went to. He was sitting up there on the edge of the cliff just chilling, like wrapping his ropes. Like the thought of just sitting on the edge of the cliff is not even, that's not even a, I was just sit, seeing him sitting there. I'm like, this fucking guy, like there's no, he's just having a casual conversation right now. It's like, yeah, I think I'm gonna do it this year. I'm gonna go up without these ropes. And he just walks on down. I'm like, this guy, weapon. awesome. Yeah. yeah, he's doing it in, in khakis and a button up shirt. Like he's going to brunch. Anton yeah. yeah. Whenever he goes and tries to figure out what his line is up these things, he does it with the ropes and you know with people. And it looks like with the ropes, he's just like, eh, well, mm -hmm. it's fucking Spider Man. Even, <laughs> even if I fall, who they, cares? They said like it's a gold medal accomplishment with zero flaws every time he does one of these. Because all it has to do is just one, he just has to do one, just one accidental, not enough chalk. See ya. Can't say it any, any louder. Dead. Dead. It's over. And that's why Tommy Campbell, the legendary climber, is looking at him like, Tommy Caldwell, shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's not my guy anyways, Alex Arnold. Yeah, that's right, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, 3,000 feet tall, I guess, that thing that he, this dude's just climbing. Jesus. Straight piece of granite. The first person that climbed it, I guess, was in the 40s. I think it was Warren Harding. What? I don't know if that's a president or not, just wow. had a similar name, was in the 40s. It became like the thing for climbers to climb after he, they did it. They, when they climbed it originally, they were bolting things into the wall so they could put ropes so they could climb up it. Now this guy's like, no, no bolts, no ropes. Actually, I'm just coming in here. Where's my chalk? Give me some chalk. Not the president. Yeah, I looked it up, not the uh, president. Tanya well, this, Harding's This guy, he hangs on the thing sometimes to put his hand in the chalk, and his fingertips are just sitting on there. Have Two you seen what this guy looks like? Who, Alex? No, Warren Harding. Yeah, I saw a picture of him and the boys. Whenever yeah, they were. Oh, dude, he is. Yeah, him and the boys were pretty pumped <laughs> to get to the top. There's a big photo with the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. Anyways, we'll talk to him in like uh, 15, 16 minutes. I can't wait to do it. I don't know how it's going to go. I have no idea how it's going to go. I feel like I've done enough research, even though I said Tommy's last name was Campbell. I do feel like I knew his name was Tommy. <laughs> mm -hmm, and I, I, I did know the Dawn Wall and that whole thing. I also know down in Morocco, there's some rocks that they train on to get to El Capitan. It's oh, like yeah. a good training facility. Uh, the, the climbing... 
It's very, just like the squirrel suit people. Yeah. Very yeah. interesting to me. I'm, I'm intrigued by all these things. Like the squirrel suit and my wife not going to enjoy me saying this. I'm going to do that before I die. Ooh. Like I am definitely going to. I got a chance to do it in the Oculus one time. Mm -hmm. Only up like how much I want to do it. But those people, they're just, they're passing away at a rate. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Just one little wind gust. And it's like every one of them goes, like, yeah, he's doing what he loved though. It's like, I could see that he loved it, but God. God damn, could we Don't. do something different? And then these climbers, the same thing. And they, they, this guy, he was asked whenever he, Alex was asked whenever he was giving a speech to his old high school, you know, you, you got a lot of money, a fair amount. He said, I got 40 bucks in my wallet or whatever. And, <laughs> and this is like the top or whatever. And he said, uh, like a, a pretty good dentist is basically <laughs> yeah. where I'm at. But he doesn't use it. He lives in a van. Like he literally lives in a van in the middle of these parks and then they hop on a plane and they go live in the, the middle of a, a park in like Morocco or, or somewhere else. And they just off the land, off the grid, basically just how you doing, keep it moving at Boston Connor. Seems like this is a guy that you're going to enjoy. I oh, yeah. I can't wait to talk to him. I mean, especially you mentioned the squirrel suit guys and base jumpers come to mind, too. Those people who get into that stuff like you look to your left, look to your right. One of you uh, of the probably. three, you're not coming back Probably, down. probably. Yeah. Not, not, not this time. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> not this time. But I, I did watch, I watched a documentary on the squirrel suitors. Yeah. And there was like uh, four or five of them. And by the end of the documentary, it was like a memorial for yeah. two of them it's that wild. started the documentary. I'm like, oh my God. And they're like, yeah, that's just kind of how it is. That's just like, that's the, and when you get into that game, I guess that's how they acted. Well, I got a lot of questions for this guy. And then they like to play with bridges, those squirrel suit guys, which you, which, why? Also, the base jumpers. I, I mean, oh, yeah. I watched a base jumper run off the top of a truck that was going over a bridge. I'm yeah. like, these motherfuckers are wild. Now, I did jump off the house into the pool whenever we were kids. <laughs> yeah. Tim actually got an above-ground pool because he wanted to train for the triathlon. <laughs> yeah. Can't put that in the backyard around no. me. I'm sprinting off the top of that roof, shooting star press Billy Kidman into those things. <laughs> Which, by the way, did lead to something in my adulthood life. Yeah. Going off the top of a cage. Not oh, a big yeah. deal. Been Good here investment. before. Now, the water did catch me in that pool. Mm -hmm. Now, off the top of the cage, you know, it wasn't. Yeah, true. There was wasn't really, uh, yeah, you know exactly. it wasn't really uh, uh -huh. there was no real water down there. Mm -hmm. It was as, as if someone parted the water. It did. It <laughs> seemed like Moses, which, by the way, was my thoughts on top. Yeah. Like, what? Hey. Hey, uh, I thought. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, I thought we were all. Well, you know how this is one of those. Okay. Okay. Well, this is gonna hurt like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. uh, at Ty Schmidt, let's. Uh, we also got some NFL conversation. Mm -hmm. Legarrette Blunt will join us again. Great conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Legarrette Blunt. He's also. I think he has launched a CBD product. Oh, I'm not 100% nice. sure. We'll talk to him about his business ventures. I can't wait to chat with him. He was hanging out with the Nelk Boys over at UFC. I think mm -hmm. he's really starting to mix it up. Can't wait to chat with him in the NFL. There's been a lot of moves that have been made. The Patriots re-signed James White. Woo! And Dominic and Sue just signed back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a one-year deal. That's been potentially up uh, worth up to $10 million. It feels like there's still some things happening in the NFL, which is great news for everybody. Have not heard a thing out of the Green Bay Packers yet. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, it looks like they're going to have 10 of or nine of the 11 guys that started on offense and uh, 10 of the 11 guys who started That's on good. defense. Like, so it is the same team, but you also wonder, you see, I mean, the Bucks. I guess they're bringing back the same people, but they they really need to nail the draft. I mean, they really need to add some pieces because I think too that like they were looking at, at guys, but uh, they just knew they couldn't afford anyone, especially with what the cornerbacks were getting. Yeah, it's interesting all the money that's going to where it's going and how these teams are going to pan out one year from now. We'll look back on all these moves and say genius, not genius. Mm -hmm. How are we doing? You're an idiot. You wasted money. Feels like the Patriots though are very excited with where they're at. Boston Connor every single day comes in. The Patriots make a new move in. 
the insufferability of the power mm-hmm. of a Patriots fan just continuing to build mm-hmm. with inside. Oh, of yeah. The mustache is growing stronger. Mm-hmm. The Boston hat is making more appearances. The once very loud and vocal fan base of the New England Patriots, who did have to kind of chill for a year and just maybe a vacation. You're like when LeBron went out to L.A. for that first year yeah. exactly. and he was showing up to games with wine and mm-hmm. nobody else. We, our team kind of stinks. And then Magic Johnson just quit. I ain't going to be there. He yeah. quit. Yep. And then the whole thing kind of turned around. They bring in Anthony Davis. Uh-huh. It felt it felt like that was very similar, that vacation year that Braun took after making the finals like 100 straight years in a row. It feels like that's what the Patriots viewed last year, the Patriots fans. They're all the way back. Oh, yeah. yeah. You guys, if you guys stink, that's going to be a problem. Oh, that's, 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 that's the biggest thing is that it all boils down to Cam Newton. I mean, all these pieces help. You, like you said before, you can't win games in March. But if Cam Newton plays, you know, a little better than he did last year, then you have to assume maybe 10, 11 games we get him. I'm not the only one that said he can't win games yeah. in March. That's kind of a notable thing. Robert Kraft actually yeah. said in an interview with Albert Breer on Monday Morning Quarterback, he said, me and Bill, we used to laugh at the teams that are making big moves in March. Like, oh, what a bunch of losers. And now <laughs> we're kind of doing it because situations are – Situational. Speaking of situations being situational, Zito, what is the poll for today? Congrats on a new desk over there. Thank you so much, guys. Very professional over there. Still hides the stomach. We're we're, uh, still golden with that. No, don't worry. Shout out, you're the Buffalo, by the way. Yeah, shut up. Don't, let's not hide your chest, though. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Poll today. Uh, Will the Buccaneers win the Super Bowl again? Uh, I have yup at 46%, nope 54% with over 10,000 votes. And the reason why that is the poll of the day is because they just bring back Indomitian and Sue. They were able to bring back Gronk. Obviously, Tom restructured his deal. Now you got to think Leonard Fournette, Antonio Brown, what are they doing down there? Chris Godwin got franchise tag. Levante David was brought back somehow. Shaq Barrett was also. Gronk, suck up, Sue, Brady. Donovan Smith, all their deals got either done, extended, or brought back. The nucleus of that team that won a lot of games, the only person that's missing is Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette became quite a focal point for that team after Ronald Jones got hurt. In playoff, Lenny became Lombardi Lenny, and he was running like, I don't think we've ever seen Leonard Fournette run in the NFL. He's probably going to get paid somewhere, but at this point, if we haven't heard about it, maybe not. Maybe he does go back to Tampa Bay on a one-year deal and say, hey, uh, we were only getting better at the end of the season. This is only going to grow. Uh, but Leonard Fournette, I think, is the only pe- – and Antonio Brown. Obviously. Who knows what's going to happen with Antonio Brown, both off the field and on the field. But if they somehow figure out how to do that, I think a big round of applause is due for Bruce Light and Mike Greenberg, not get up Greenberg, mm-hmm. the salary cap person down in Tampa Bay has figured out how to make this fucking work yet again. And for Lenny Fournette, even more now that rumored uh, potentially going to the Bucks, James White goes back to the Patriots, so maybe even more Lenny Fournette back to the Bucks. The last team to go back-to-back was the 2003-2004 New England Patriots. <laughs> it's tough to go back-to-back. Oh, yeah. Chiefs almost did it this year. Mm-hmm. Now, the fact that you just get back to the Super Bowl is something, aside from the Patriots' run, is very difficult to do. Now, that Patriots dynasty, who had Tom Brady, who's obviously a large piece of the Tampa Bay puzzle now at this point, is a debunker for all of the thoughts on how hard it is to have sustained success in the NFL. Whether it's because you get too complacent, you don't have a long enough offseason, you don't have enough money to keep people together. That Patriots team, somehow, someway, was able to do it for 20-some years. Nobody else has ever really been able to do it. I guess the Cowboys, obviously, they had their run. The Steelers had their run. The Niners had 
had their run. Those are all decade stuff. Mm-hmm. We're talking about 20 years of sustained success. It'll. I don't think it'll ever happen again. Just doesn't feel like it's possible. Uh, maybe Kansas City will be able to do it. But I like the fact that Tampa's like, hey, we, we can run this thing, what, three, four more years at least. You win two Super Bowls in five years, oh. you are in a conversation yes. forever as oh, some yeah. of the yeah. greatest teams. Everybody just sees what the, the Patriots have done, once again, debunking every single thing. But if they win a couple Super Bowls here in the next four years, this Buccaneers team automatically becomes mm-hmm. like, oh, do you remember that Bucks team, one of the best teams of all time? Going to be difficult with the Chiefs, who are still making plays. Going to be tough in the NFC that is kind of mounting up and everything like that. But it's difficult in the NFL to win. The fact that if they do it again, it'll be amazing. Do you think the Bucks have to kind of make a decision here between Fournette and Brown, and that's why it's taken so long? I don't know. I, I wonder if they're allowing them to kind of go see what they got and yeah. then come on back. Hey, why don't you go ahead and sh- snoop around mm-hmm. okay let us know what you hear if you don't want to tell us and give us a right to match or whatever that's cool but go ahead and see what it is because we do believe <laughs> with this new salary cap there's a chance that some things that you might think happen aren't going to happen now if you're leonard Fournette, and it was very apparent at the end of the year that offense was just learning how to be that offense yeah and you didn't get a big deal somewhere else going back into that offense and hopefully picking up right where they left off that payday that's going to, now running back takes a lot of hits. There's a potential injury coming, whatever. But I think next offseason is also potentially big for Lenny if he comes back. Well, the, the nice part for them is AB and Leonard Fournette are at a position that they already have Rojo and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Like, it's not like they're pressing for them to come back. But, hey, go out, test it. If you don't get what you want, come back with <laughs> another on, one. Hey, we, you like the Bay. I mean, remember we're all in the boats. We had yeah. fun. <laughs> it's it's great good time. Pretty good little weather. No Who tash. does Tom want more? What's that? Who does Tom want more? Uh, I don't know. I, I assume Tom would like both back if I had to guess if he was talking publicly. Because yeah. remember, he was asked at one point if he would like Odell Beckham Jr. on the team. Mm-hmm. Sure. And he said, hey, if we could get Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Yeah. And then the headline was like, Tom wants Odell Beckham in Tampa. It was like, well, I don't think he said that. But also, hey, if we could fucking Odell Beckham. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, Greenberg's back there with the pen and the salary cap somehow. Um, Chris angeling his way mm-hmm. around this entire thing. I was going to say David Blaine, but that was David Blaine Caldwell down there in Jacksonville. Yeah, that's right. He had that job for a long time mm-hmm. somehow. Then Urban came in and was like, hmm. this guy all stinks. Yeah. Hit the road. <laughs> then get out of there. But it, it, I don't know how they keep – Chiefs, I don't know how they were able to keep everybody in there. Yeah. I don't know. Right now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I don't know how they're able to keep everybody in there. And Dominic Sue up to $10 million. That's – I don't want to say like – that's a, in his best offer of all time, but they're still able to construct these contracts that have the ability to make eight figures still. Yeah. This late into the game with this many players on their roster, I have no idea how they're doing it down there. And just like we have been saying here for the last couple of weeks with these voidable years and all this bullshit, salary turning, the signing bonus, people are going to look at what's going on in Tampa, what's going on in Kansas City. Hopefully, in other salary cap people are going to be like, you know, we could free up an extra $40 million if we'd like to just by moving this. It seems like there's only a couple teams doing it now. I would assume that's what the future is going to look like. I think Bruce is probably more inclined to bring back Lenny Fournette it seems like he always gets some burner late in the draft that ends up, you know, that could maybe potentially fill that role. And I feel like after what Fournette did in the playoffs, it's a little bit tougher to replace him. People go through many changes as we get older, isn't that right? Oh, yeah. For men, one of the less fortunate changes is that testosterone production begins to naturally decrease in the body. Did you know this, AJ? I am aware. For most men, it begins around the age of 30, and testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. My God. So if you live to 130, you ain't got shit left. No. Minus 30. 
Well, if it starts around 30, this is one of those questions on a test where, you know, begins around 30 in the testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. So does it start at zero or does it start at 30? That's the thing. This is where That's they can get you. It's one of them damn word problems. This is one of those yeah. problems where you're like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, which, can I ask a follow-up? Anyways, I was good at those tests because I always viewed it as me versus the fucking teacher. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but this is me versus you. Fuck you. That's how, I, that's how I view it. That's why friends at Roman have a new supplement designed to support testosterone production. I did not know this. They formulated their own supplements with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. You hear this, AJ? Roman's mm -hmm. testosterone supplement is for anyone who wants to support their own body's natural function. They formulated their own blend with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash USA. Their supplement contains vitamin D3, what? zinc, what? magnesium, what? maca, what? and ashwagandha in a unique blend designed by healthcare professionals that you can't get anywhere else. To learn more about these incredible ingredients, visit GetRoman.com USA. Roman is offering $15 off your first order and will deliver your supplements right to your door with free two-day shipping. When you go to GetRoman.com forward slash USA, get $15 off your first order plus free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman, G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com forward slash USA. That's good news. Let's try that stuff. Okay. I've been looking for that type of stuff. That's good, isn't mm -hmm. That's what I want. Now we know. Hey, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. I'm very excited right now. Oh, yeah. I'm a big doc watcher. Everybody knows that. Love the docs. I've gotten into a lot of things that I never could have imagined getting into. Everybody knows that I'm bottom heavy in this world. Big ass, big thighs. Mm -hmm. Never really got into pull-ups much. Not really my thing. I kicked balls. And whenever climbing was introduced to the world in a more, you know, uh, commercial fashion, American Ninja Warrior, mm -hmm. now it's in the Olympics. I was fascinated by these humans. Then I watched that documentary, uh, Free Solo, uh, and uh, your palms start to sweat immediately upon watching it. You're captivated by it. The man in that documentary that is featured is absolute living legend in the climbing world who is not competing in the Olympics, but he does and will have a podcast called Climbing Gold, which will be a conversation with the greatest climbers around the world, I'd assume. A man who, in my eyes, is maybe the most fearless <laughs> son of a bitch to ever walk this earth. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Connor. Yeah! Oh, Alex, how are you, pal? I'm I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. Hey, Alex, I watched Free Solo again last night just to because it came out a couple years ago. Heard you were coming on the show. I was so pumped. Watched it again last night. Literally, I, I'm sure you've been told this by a lot of people. I I was sweating watching the entire thing and high anxiety for you. That would do you watch that back? And are you watching film on yourself every single day? And is there ever a moment in your life where you go, "Oh, that was pretty gnarly"? Probably, <laughs> probably. Do you have any of that in you at all, Alex? Yeah, there are there are some moments where I'm like, "Oh, that was pretty gnarly," and and maybe I should have done that a little better. But no, actually, in climbing, uh, or at least in my climbing, I pretty much never watch film back, which is interesting to hear hear you say that because I guess that's a big part of other sports is like watching film and sort of learning from your performance. 
But yeah. in climbing, that's not really a thing. Okay, so have you been, I saw in 08, 09, I believe, was when you went out to Yosemite, I think, and you really started climbing. But then in Free Solo, you talked about how your dad had you out in the park and everything like that. Had you always been a climber? Had you always been somebody who had zero fears, like even as a child? How did it come to be that you're like, okay, the greatest Free Solo climber of all time? Well, yeah, I don't know if that's true, but I'll um, say it, Alex. Yeah. Alex, listen, I respect your humility, but I didn't watch a doc on anybody else, so in my in our eyes, <laughs> yeah. this guy's greatest of all time. Yeah. 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 Now, right. no, yeah. no perfect, offense. perfect. I'll, yeah. uh, I'll just roll with that then. But, um, but yes, yeah, so, so I always loved climbing on things, and I was always drawn to climbing. But then I started climbing in a climbing gym when I was ten years old, and so from the age of ten, I basically uh, climbed full time. And, and then, like you said, you know, my, my dad, my family took me camping and things as a kid. So I got to sort of experience the outdoors, but I was already climbing in the climbing gym. And then once I uh, graduated high school, you know, dropped out of college, all that, then I was just climbing full time. So I've basically been climbing all the time for 25 years. You guys kind of live like gypsies too, right? I mean, like you, you like kind of just live out in the woods and it's like, it has to be your full commitment. You're, it's a lifestyle. It has to be right. Yeah, yeah, it has to be. I mean, a big part of climbing is following the weather, uh, basically following good conditions so that you can climb, you know, because you're in mountains. So you basically have to migrate north and south and east and west and like follow the good conditions all the time. So, yeah, it's a very uh, iterant lifestyle. It requires a lot of movement. Great word there. By the way. I'm not 100% sure what that word means, but I respect it that you used it in a sentence and you seemed very confident while using it. So I'll just take your word for it. In that free solo, uh, there's a 60 minutes piece, like kind of a minute and a half into it. And, and I think mm -hmm. that is where everybody starts getting a little bit nervous. And I we, we ripped it because 60 minutes is news. So for our show, we shouldn't technically get a strike because it is newsworthy. But I wanted to kind of watch it with you and just kind of ask like what you're thinking. And if you recall doing this so foxy can you run that kind of so right here let's pause all right so in your eyes when you're doing this do you do you remember what sheet of rock this is that you're climbing yeah of course this is half down in yosemite okay so this is like a pretty notable thing very how long have you been climbing this before the 60 minutes people came and got you I'd like for years and years well actually yeah yeah i've been climbing i don't know 15 years at this point but um but actually this clip uh 60 minutes licensed this from a previous film thing a few years earlier oh, i'd free sell it half down before the actual 60 minutes shoot uh so we might get a strike for this but it's worth it because i'll listen no, no, to do my, my friends on this clip and and if they uh if they give you any oh. grief you know you just you just send them my way oh yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Oh. hey shout out to your friends for owning this clip but right here in your eyes, is it like you just get into a zone when you're climbing? You don't even realize how high you are? Is it, cause obviously whenever I go to like something that has a glass bottom, you know, it's like a bridge or a building, they're like, don't look down, just don't look down. <laughs> For you, you have to though, because you have to see it. Does it, it doesn't, at what point does that just not become something existing in your life? When you first started doing this type of stuff, was there, did you have the, oh shit, I shouldn't look down moments or is it just you're what? in such a zone? No, so certainly when I first started climbing, I had moments where I'd feel the thrill of the exposure where I'd look around and be like, oh, I can't believe I'm in this position. But as you do it more and more, I've gotten to the point where you're just used to being in that position. So when you look around, you're just like, oh, what a beautiful day. It's so nice in Yosemite. You just like feel good. But also I'll say that in this particular clip, what I'm doing right here is actually physically relatively easy. Uh, like this isn't one of the hardest sections of the route. Okay, and so for me in a position like this, I'm like, oh, I'm actually quite relaxed. I'm having a good time. Like this is fun, casual climbing. But some of the other sections of the route are much more serious for me. And so I'd be way more focused, way more, 
you know, attuned to what I'm doing. Okay, so whenever you get a glimpse of a shot like this, and I would assume that with the way because I, I watched a Don Wall with old Tommy Caldwell, basically, who is in in your documentary telling you, like, you need to fucking chill out, basically, is what Tommy was telling you the entire doc, which was awesome to kind of see those two together. There's, like, there's a climbing media and there's climbing fans that kind of have, like, uh, telescopes sitting outside and they kind of hang out at Yosemite and they're like, oh, they're up there right now. I would assume you've done that with a lot of people, but whenever you get a chance to see yourself just out, like... It, it, is this not fucking just mind boggling to you that you do? There's only what a number, a handful of humans that would ever be in this position ever. Yeah, I, actually, I mean, the clip that you're showing, nobody else has ever done this. So. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that, Alex. I didn't mean to disrespect, but I didn't want to do the whole greatest of all time thing again. You know, what I, mean? I didn't want to do that. But it's whenever now go on through this clip a little bit more because you end up on it. Yeah. So what is the easiest thing for you whenever there is? Like, because there's a couple climbs on that El Capitan where it looked like you were grabbing onto flat pieces of rock. Whenever you have these corners and these ledges, this is like, like you said earlier, like this is dream come true. This is when I kind of get a chance to re-chalk and do that. Is that the thought? A little bit, yeah. In general, like you're saying, when there's a crack for me to put my fingers into, typically that feels more secure. And so that feels a little bit safer. So like, again, this particular position, I'm like, oh, it feels relatively comfortable. You know, my feet are on something, my fingers are locked into the crack. Like it feels relatively safe. Have you but met, no, but, have you met you know, the that people? Really, that, that really depends a lot though on the particulars of the crack because like this this little clip that we're watching, the, the 15 feet above me actually get quite a bit thinner. And then there's a very hard part where the crack kind of ends and you have to do some hard climbing. But, um, but I, I don't think it's in this clip. Have you met the people that make the shoes that you wear? Yeah, yeah, I've been to the factory in Italy. That's smart, by the way. I, yeah. I, 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 I was thinking to myself, because if I was a kicker, I was a punter in uh, the NFL, and our shoes yeah. are very important, right? And obviously, here's you getting to the top, standing on the edge of a cliff, being cool with it, which I would not be. I mean, there's just a lot of things that happen in your world that I have no clue how you do it. And I think that's why everybody is so infatuated with it. I, I mean, the free solo doc captivated the world. I think you won a, 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 a cat, an, Oscar an Oscar for the whole thing as it's deserved because what you're doing is something nobody really knows about. And then when you start, nobody knows it's possible. When you start looking at it, when I was punting, my cleats would rip. You know, like some of them would rip on something. So I'm just thinking, like, even if you are they have the perfect line and the perfect grip, if those shoes just somehow give out, you have to have a lot of confidence in all this shit, I guess, huh? Yeah, yeah. No, that's for, that's for sure. You definitely have to trust your equipment. But part of that trust is built up through the fact that I use the same shoes over and over on the same climbs. And I, I get a good sense of how they wear, how often they wear, how they get damaged, you know. And, and then, yeah, I mean, it's all about consistency and sort of building trust in the equipment. So you would win American Ninja Warrior pretty easily. Why have we not done that? <laughs> actually, so so I probably wouldn't win it pretty easily. Um, American Ninja Warrior is actually very fast and dynamic in a way that's actually quite different than the type of climbing I do. I mean, it, it, as you see in those clips, what I'm doing is all about, uh, you know, being smooth and in control and, and uh, basically being safe. American Ninja Warrior is all about running as fast as you can and bouncing off of things and sort of catching things. I mean, I'm sure you can sort of appreciate the difference between, uh, you know, dynamic, yeah, like yeah. basically plyometrics versus isometric holds, you know, and so 
American Ninja Warrior is all plyometrics, is all bouncing and jumping, and that's like not what I do. Not to say that I couldn't practice and maybe be competitive at it, but um, but you know, well, you are that. the speed record holder on the nose of El Capitan, though. I mean, so <laughs> I mean, I have the stats right here. I mean, everything you just said sounds fine and dandy, but you're one of the first people we've ever interviewed where I've done actual research on because I was I like such a big fan. So I want to know this: climbing's getting into the Olympics. Okay, here we go. Congratulations. Yeah, let's roll. All right. Here we go. Let's go. It's awesome. It's good news. Okay, here we go. I know you're not doing it. You're doing a podcast that's going to... What? Don't you think as Americans, we need you out there though? I mean, you're our guy, right? To do, are you retired from climbing? Are you still climbing? No, no. It's it's not that I'm retired. It's that the people who are going to win the Olympics are probably 23 and I'm 35. And at a certain point, you just... Uh. You have to know when to uh, when to say when. I'm uh, I'm supposed to be there doing commentary, which I'm pretty excited about, honestly, because at least I get to be at the Olympics and witness the spectacle and, and sort of see climbing greatness and, and talk about it and inter- you know chat with the, the competitors. But um, but realistically, the people who are going to win spend six hours a day in the gym and have for the last you know five years. I'm like that's that's not me. You know, I'm too busy adventuring in the mountains and going out and like doing first ascents <laughs> and doing other things. Like I just I just can't climb at that level. Okay, um, the Dawn Wall. Now mm-hmm. that is well. Okay, and I don't want to put something in your head. I assume you, this has already been said by a lot of people, and I don't want to be associated with a potential you know force. Will that be something you ever free solo, or are you done with free soloing, or have you already free soloed the Dawn Wall? No, so. That's not something I could ever free solo, and and that will never be free soloed by anybody. Basically, the level of difficulty is too high. I'm I'm willing to say that no one will ever ever free solo the Don Wall, like it, in the future of humanity. Is it because that jump that he had to do? Is it? Well, actually, so actually, Tommy, who did the first ascent, he actually wound up climbing around that jump because he was never able to do the jump. So if you were free soloing, you would do the big loop around. But realistically, the whole thing is just too hard. It's uh, and it's too insecure of a style. It's like the type of climbing. I mean. To put it in perspective, Tommy spent, what, six or seven years working on that climb and yeah. then managed to do it once over 20 days. But when you free solo something, you climb it all at once with no stopping. You know, I mean, it's just a completely different. It's just, yeah, it's a totally different thing. Yeah. So nobody's ever going to do it. Nope. No, no one's ever going to do that. I like but. that. <laughs> Our guy, though, is free soloed a couple here that nobody uh, will ever probably do. Do you think free solo will continue past you? Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, all of the things that I have free soloed, I think will eventually be repeated. Um, but, you know, maybe not for the, until the next generation, maybe, you know, who, who knows when exactly. But the things that I have free soloed are, are pretty natural choices. They're, they're classic historic roots that really make sense in, in climbing context. You know, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of see what the next generation does. Okay, so Tommy Caldwell uh, was in your doc. And by the way, I I learned more about him during the Dawn Wall with the guy that came br- fresh over from bouldering to be his partner or whatever because he was getting over a relationship, which seems impossible in your world, by the way, the relationship thing. And, and that's not what our show is. I'm not going to get into that. But <laughs> just uh, with the boulder guy coming over to do the Dawn Wall with him, I was like so intrigued by old Tommy Caldwell. And then I watched the free solo back and I'm like, oh, this is the I, When I watched free solo the first time, I didn't know he was the guy. He was like the guy, right? Growing up, he was, yeah. he was the poster guy. Guy, this is the poster yep. climbing in a lot during the free solo documentary he was looking at you he was like hey like you know basically everybody that is a normal free soloer you know that we have known in this world is dead like will you continue to free solo like is that something has there ever been a thought where it's like i shouldn't do this anymore is that something you'll are you still doing it right now we just don't know about it 
Yeah, I mean, so the thing is, it's not as if it's free solo or nothing. You know, the majority of my climbing is with partners or it's just normal training or it's, you know, with ropes. And then the free soloing has always sort of been the the spice on top, you know, the extra little something on the side that keeps climbing exciting and adventurous for me. And so, you know, I'm still soloing. I mean, I went soloing a couple times last week, but on sort of casual, you know, nothing cutting edge, but still yeah. adventurous and fun. Um, I don't know. It was, it was, no, so, so I'm going to keep free soloing probably for a long time, you know, but we'll just kind of see how many other big objectives that are truly difficult. You know, I mean, there's literally nothing else in the world quite like LCAP. So no matter what I do in the future, it's going to be less exciting than the film free solo. You know, you talk about but, uh, that spice on top and then obviously they do that, to, uh, that full scan of your brain and they say the amygdala or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought it was potentially the medulla oblongata, <laughs> but it was the amygdala and that whole thing where you're basically they did a scan and it was supposed to be active in an area and it was just completely done. And it was the area that I think generates fear and emotions and everything like that. Is, is that something that's real that you don't really feel alive until you're potentially like right literally on the no. fingertip of death? Is that how that was, is that what that is for you? And is that- No, everything? no, so, so the, film, the film touches on the amygdala for like 30 seconds. It's just a little clip of me getting this fMRI and them scanning my brain. But there was actually a feature length article written about it. There's a much more in-depth look at the science. It's in Nautilus magazine. And, um, and in that it's, it's much more nuanced. And I think that the takeaway from the article and the real takeaway from that brain scan wasn't that I don't experience fear. It's that because I have experienced so much fear over the last 10, 15 years, it now requires a higher threshold to, to trigger my amygdala response. Basically, the tests that we were doing in the fMRI just weren't, you know, I was just looking at pictures on a screen. I was like, obviously, looking at pictures isn't going to scare me the way that all the other things that I do scare me. <laughs> yeah, but I watched that documentary. I started sweating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those, those, those pictures get put up on the screen, and you're like... Uh... That's not, that's what, a couple thousand? It's not even that high there. This fucking Well, The difference, though, is if you spent the last 10 or 15 years being scared for your life all the time, it probably would would desensitize you to things like that. You know, you'd watch a film and be like, you know, yeah, that's a crazy film, but it doesn't like, it doesn't fill you with fear in the same way. So you always, are you still trying to chase that feeling, you think? Is that what they're, that people have told you that are, that dive into the brain and everything like that? Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard to say, but I mean, I think I'm chasing the feeling of, of self-improvement, you know, it's like seeking out new challenges, things that seem like they might be impossible, working on them, eventually making them possible, doing them. You know, it's like, to me, I love the process of, of working through something where you're like, Oh, I just don't know if that's possible. And then you're like, well, maybe. And then you work on it a bunch. And then you're like, Oh, it turns out I was able to do this thing that I thought wasn't, wasn't possible for me. It's like, to me, that's, that's the process that I love to work through. And I mean, I have several projects like that right now, you know, things that I thought up that I was like, oh, that seems crazy. And then I was like, but is it crazy? You know, like, <laughs> yes. Then you yeah. watch Free Solo back and you go, ah, not that oh, yeah, crazy. Now. Yeah. The strange brain of the world's greatest solo. By the way, we're not the only fucking ones, Alex. You know, right here. It says it in this article here, this whole feature art article here. The strange brain of the world's greatest solo climber. I assume, and I kind of got this feeling from watching last night again free so you're an incredibly deep thinker huh you do a lot of notes and writes and, and things like that is, is that an accurate is that an accurate are, is it you and your thoughts a lot is, is that an accurate assessment yeah i mean it's fair to say i spend a lot of time by myself wandering in the woods thinking about things and i also spend a lot of time reading so i mean that's that's something well uh tommy caldwell here was telling you uh you're writing your uh your climbing journal mm-hmm. and uh 
he was just writing like, hey, pitch this, do this, this pitch does this, which by the way is basically a chapter of a climb, right? Is that an accurate description? It's like a, the pitch is like a, a yeah, leg yeah, exactly. a leg of a climb basically. Yeah. And he's writing notes in his climbing journal and Tommy's like, you ever watch, you ever write down like, oh, I miss my dog or like my family? <laughs> and you were like, no, this is just a climb. Shut the fuck up, Tommy. That, that's basically what you said to him. This is just a climbing journal. Your commitment to your craft is unbelievable and i think that's something that should be talked about that's why i'm excited for climbing gold uh is that already come out should we start getting into that and what should we look forward to with the podcast you're launching yeah so climbing gold the trailer came out this week the first episodes drop on friday i think or maybe saturday but basically on the 26th i think so this week um and yeah climbing gold i mean it's basically it's just an exploration of climbing you know where it's come from where it's going and and uh, all the great stories in between i mean it's been a really nice opportunity for me to talk to the, the best climbers of the last couple of generations and and some of the best climbers moving forward you know the climbers of the future it's just fun to hear like what drives them in climbing the film people the people that are filming this they're also all professional climbers right they have to be i guess and they're are, are they just so do they climb with you so they know exactly where you're going and it's like the belay thing and all that and then they just decide like okay we'll park it here and we'll get the because the the filmmakers by the way they have to hang off the side of a cliff that is a few thousand feet in the air with a camera that is getting an incredible shot if they they kind of all you guys all have to be like kind of a small fraternity i would assume in this in this yeah. world yeah yeah, so of of the filmmakers on Free Solo, several of them had actually climbed El Cap. Well, actually, all of them have climbed El Cap via different methods. Some of them had actually climbed the route that I Free Soloed. And though while they were filming, they weren't actually climbing with me. They were mostly hiking to the summit and then rappelling down because it's more efficient to use ropes and just go down the wall than it is to climb up the wall. Oh, well, yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> and I actually did a lot of my preparation that way, too. I did a lot of my practice by hiking to the summit of the mountain and then rappelling down the face to the specific place that i needed to work on and then work on that for a while and then keep repelling to the bottom basically it's just not efficient to climb a three thousand foot wall just to work on one little section because it's like it makes you really tired to climb the whole wall yeah i would it <laughs> sounds like and by the way with free salt has there ever been a time and i would assume this has happened whenever you have no ropes and maybe this isn't when you're filming and you might be all by yourself out there where you get halfway up and you think to yourself damn i still got a lot because i assume getting down is harder than continuing to go up, right? Has there ever been that moment? And how do you deal with that? You just kind of chill for a second on like a hole or something? I had a, I had a classic experience in Yosemite once where I climbed on, on a rest day, I climbed this kind of, actually, uh, if you watch the 60 minutes clip, the route that I climbed in 60 minutes, there's a route next to it that's kind of parallel to it, but slightly easier oh, yeah, that I climbed on like a rest day. And so I climbed halfway up it and then I got this phone call and uh and it was like oh this thing i had to do so and there was this big ledge like the size of a picnic table so i like sat on this picnic table size ledge no no so it was casual so i sat down i took on my backpack i like ate a little snack i made this phone call for like 45 minutes and then i hung up the phone and was like oh man i'm still in the dead center of this like <laughs> <laughs> I was like and you know i'd kind of like lost lost my groove a little bit i was like oh now i have to climb another 800 feet to the summit i was like bummer yeah, because yeah. I finished my snacks, I'd run out of water. I was like, oh, you know, it's like something less fun. I mean, you definitely do have moments like that where you're like, oh, I'm still up here and I still have a long ways to go. Like, dude, this dude is sitting on the edge of a cliff in the middle of the cliff on a rock 
so comfortable, completely forgets where he's at. Oh, that was a good phone call, man. That was awesome. Sandwich pretty good. I'm happy. I'm going to go about my God. Oh, shit. <laughs> that is unbelievable, Alex. What do you have that, that is That is basically it. That's, that's pretty much the synopsis. <laughs> well, because you have no ropes either. So you're just, you're, it's only just your backpack. All right, let me put, all right, here we go. Let me put this back on here. Make sure the shoes are tied. All right, now I'm going to scale this completely straight up sheet of raw it makes no i love that you do it okay because i get to watch it i have no clue how you do any of it connor what do you have yeah alex has there ever been a time where you're climbing and you got to like take a piss or something and you have to break out the pee bottle or do you just piss your pants and keep going yeah right on the wall no no you just you just pee right off the wall smart Hell yeah smart yeah i can't pee up though it's like pissing in the wind you know you don't want your hands <laughs> true eventually it's down you have to get in there yeah always pee down Always be I mean, if, if you guys want, uh, if you guys want really good stories, I've actually, while doing a cutting edge free solo, I once actually pooped while hanging off the wall. Oh, oh, there we go. You got to tighten up a little bit there, and I've seen your diet too. That that poop is coming. That's coming fast. Oh, oh yeah. You know I mean, the, the the you're a vegetarian, right? I believe at this full yep, vegan. Yep. I think at this time. By the way, the foundation yep. you have to help with the world with solar power is all you're a you're a very fascinating, incredible dude, Alex. I hope you know that. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I mean. I don't know if there's ever going to be another human like you, but I do appreciate the fact that you have existed during my time of existence. I do appreciate that. Ty, what do you have? Alex, you mentioned how, you know, you think part of the stuff with your brain is because you were exposing yourself to, like, the fear of dying so often. Do you still remember, like, close calls that you have? And uh, when was the last time you think you had one of those where it was like, oh, shit, that could have been really bad? Yeah, so I definitely remember plenty of, of close calls. I mean, I've had all kinds of experiences where I've broken holds. Like I had an experience in Africa once where I was down climbing this tower that had never been climbed. Uh, really, really bad rock, sandstone, really friable. And uh, both my footholds broke off at the same time. So, And I was holding on to really big holds, so it was a fine. But I was just suddenly dangling there. It was a full like Mission Impossible sort of scene. Where you're, <laughs> you know, like totally outrageous. You're like... You know, it's the kind of thing that you're like, oh, you only see that in movies. And you're like, nope, sometimes that happens in real life. <laughs> and we're not, not your real life. Yeah, not ours. That happens in your <laughs> yeah. real life, not ours. But you you, you went to Morocco in Free Solo. And, and I believe the conversation was, hey, this is a good climb to prepare for El Capitan. Is it like El Capitan was your Super Bowl and then you had like regular season games almost mm -hmm. around the world? Are all those things people know about like okay if you want to do this go to morocco this is a good wall down here maybe asia like where are the big is there are they all over the world and have you climbed everywhere yeah so yeah i've climbed everywhere i've i've uh, put up new routes on all seven continents and climbed in like let's go yeah. hey, greatest of all time greatest yeah. of all time yeah. we didn't say it newspaper fucking did. <laughs> go ahead alex what yeah uh antarctica actually, was, yeah antarctica yeah Big, big rock wall sticking out of the ice. It's totally insane. Easier, easier climb than most of the other continents, or was that just one you had to do to nail all the continents? That was, uh, that was one I had to do. Yeah. I just—it's a total life experience. It's totally—it's like going to space. It was totally insane. Like living on Antarctica for a month and climbing, you know, spires of rock sticking out of the ice. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty incredible. Hey, they say potential aliens down in Antarctica. Uh -huh. <laughs> We didn't, we didn't, we saw, we saw basically a single living thing the whole trip. It's a, <laughs> a, a continent. Uh, Alex. But, um, no, I was, I was going to say, um, your, your analogy of, of Morocco to, to, you know, preseason games or sort of regular season games. I, if anything, the trip to Morocco was kind of like, uh, my playoff games sort of leading to the Super Bowl. 
And so my, my regular season as it, as it is, you know, is kind of like driving around in the van and just climbing normally. And then going on a big trip to somewhere like Morocco or somewhere like say the, the Alps in Europe or something, that would be kind of like your, your playoff games where you're like, all right, this is a serious trip. I need to make this count. And that's all kind of leading up to the main event, which is El Cap, which is definitely comparable to the Super Bowl. Is there any just like slappy walls that you just drive by and you're just like, nah, I can climb that. Too like, easy. That's too simple. Like, are you at that point now where you're like, I'm not even wasting my energy. There. Let's go and get a cool one. Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. You taking so you taking dates to climb these things is maybe my favorite move of all time. Favorite move of all time. Let's just find out right now, okay? We're going to find out immediately upon the way you belay these ropes if this thing's going to work. And I don't want to get too personal. I feel like we just met you. But has your private life been able to catch up to your climbing life? And I'm not talking about relationships, but it just felt like your entire life was dedicated to climbing. Have you been able to experience life a little bit outside of climbing, or are you still fully committed to the mission? I would say I'm pretty much fully committed to the missions, though. I mean, my whole life is focused around climbing. If not climbing, then, like you said, the work I'm doing through my foundation, which is kind of tied into to climbing in a way, or you know, the, what I'm doing through Climbing Gold, the podcast, which is interviewing climbers. I mean, it's like my whole world is wrapped around climbing. And actually, I mean, when you say dates, uh, my my wife, my, my now wife. Uh, oh, you got married! Hey. Yeah. Let's go! Hey. I thought there was no chance. I thought there was no chance that was ever going to happen with the way that whole. No, no, same. Uh, same woman from Free Solo, totally great, good relationship, everything's good. We're back! And then, and she, yeah. Wow. Let's go! Woo! I'm so happy for you, Alex. That's awesome news. Yeah, thanks. Well, so we, we just had a really nice climbing date in Red Rock a couple days ago where we climbed these two 1,000-foot walls. It's like a, it was like it was awesome. My, my wife actually is, uh, is, is quite a good climber now and has been sort of personally peaking recently. So she's climbing like really well and like really strong right now. And, uh, and so it was like fun to go out on a little adventure, climb a couple walls together and be like, oh, what a, what a nice day out in the, in the canyons. Wow, that's awesome. You guys should do the dawn wall sometimes. So Tommy, <laughs> you know, you shut it down. Alex, we got to get to a break. I can't thank you enough. Congratulations on the personal success, the professional success. Can't wait for the podcast. And thank you for being yourself uh, and existing in a time that we're not a lot of people commit fully to their job. Peyton Manning just came out with a quote about all the hard work is because of the reverence of football. Everybody says it was because I wanted to be great and everything. It was like he just appreciated the game so much. I feel like you have so much respect and appreciation for climbing that you've dedicated your life to it. I want to let you know we appreciate the hell out of it. Oh, thank, thank you. I, I appreciate that because, I mean, yeah, it's definitely been a journey. Well, go win American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Honnold. Thank you, man. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that the Sweet 16 matchups are set and FanDuel and Amazon Original Movies are teaming up to give you more ways to win during March Madness. I haven't heard about this. Yeah, you can enter the Survive and Advance Free Fantasy Anything Sweet 16 Pick 4 Contest. Okay. Yeah, all you got to do is enter the Survive and Advance Free Fantasy Anything Sweet 16 Pick 4 Contest. That rolls off the tongue. It's presented by Amazon Original Movies and compete for your chance at Maine prize pool the main prize pool main prize pool yeah the contest is simple just select four of the 16 teams remaining in the tournament and earn points for every win those teams earn from the sweet 16 to the national championship game listen your bracket's busted we all know that yeah. get a chance to get back in the game if you can now predict after watching the first two rounds what's going to happen going forward you pick four teams of the sweet 16 uh teams and then you get points for whether or not they win and um the best part, the contest is totally free to enter. 
Wow. Yeah, win money totally free. Game day will be here before you know it. So head to FanDuel.com or download the FanDuel Fantasy app and enter the free 16. Nope. The free Sweet 16 Pick 4 contest presented by Amazon Original Movies today. And check out Without Remorse starring Michael B. Jordan on Amazon Prime Video April 30th. Eligibility restrictions do apply, but go in there and get there with your big-ass brain. Shout out to Michael B. Jordan and Without Remorse on Amazon Prime Video. Video. And also shout out to FanDuel for giving people an opportunity to pick four teams and make some money off of what we got left because everybody's bracket's completely fucked at this point. Yeah, I'm all about this. All about this. Go to FanDuel.com. Joining us, ladies and gentlemen, is a man who's a three-time Super Bowl champion. Had the rush, the most amount of rushing touchdowns in the NFL in 2016. Has recently retired. Also entrepreneur now. Legend in the game, ladies and gentlemen, LeGarrette Blount. Yeah! Let's go, man. How are you? I'm good, man. Appreciate you guys for having me, man. Hey, no problem. <laughs> always a pleasure. Hey, the pleasure is always ours. You're a great conversation. Um, I want to talk about you getting into the entrepreneur world. LG's feel good. I am so pumped for you. I love whenever players start businesses, they start investing in it, start making plays, start making moves. Tell me how you got into this, why you got into it, and then we're going to talk about NFL, Patriots, James White, and all that. But I do want to hear about the business, and I'm super pumped for you. So, um, you know, this is my as the new business I started. Uh, it's a pain reliever. It's 100% all natural, uh, all, all organic, um, medically grade CBD. Um, it's, it's amazing. I think it's the best product on the market. Oh. Uh, LG's feel good. I think that it's a way to get away from, you know, obviously other, other ways of dealing with pain. Um, it helps you out as far as working out. I have patches. I have, I have a balm. I have a rollerball. Um, and I've sent it to, I've sent it to a lot of professional athletes. I've sent it to, you know, Gurley. I've sent it to Sproles, uh, Deion Lewis. And, you know, I've even sent some to Donnie Wahlberg, man. So, <laughs> uh, 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 I, yeah, and I gave some to Dana White, you know, obviously <laughs> I got a chance to go up there and do the, the UFC event, uh, UFC 259. Um, with my dog Israel, he lost the fight, but that's still my guy, though. Hey, so your guy, so your guy. By the way, a lot of he's still one of the greatest athletes walking the earth at the moment. I assume he's going to bounce back. He also said, like, hey, people think I'm going to lose my confidence. I'm not going to lose my confidence because of this. Here's the website. Here's you. I mean, this is awesome that you're getting involved in this thing. Was it an investment? Did you have to make an investment? Adam Snyder, Aaron Dobson, they were all on board with helping with uh, with helping with the with the photo shoots and everything, man. Um, they've been really, really helpful throughout the whole process. Nice. Everybody's been really helpful and supportive throughout the process and spreading the word. Um, I'm excited, man. I, I want to send you some, man. I, I, I got you. Oh, hey, listen, I want to let you know, CBDMD is a company that has my heart. They created something that put me to sleep. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I don't know if you said bong or balm, but if it's if it's a bong, I'm in. And also, if it's a balm, I like the thought of that as well. I like what you're doing over there, bro. B-A-L-M. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't know if I was potentially. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I, I'm I'm, st- I'm trying to stay away from that because I got I got professional athletes in this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, I got it. some guys on 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 the brinks of you know. I don't want nobody to have to deal with anything outside of of CBD, man. I, 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 I it's a 100% CBD isolate. Let everybody know that. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I hope 
that business explodes. And I hope maybe one day you move into the other business that's potentially involved with CBD. It just got legalized, I believe, recreational-wise in New York. So that business Ooh. is going to get massive, as is the CBD business. Congratulations getting in here very early. Now, let's talk about your previous business that you used to do and do very well. The NFL right now is an interesting place, LeGarrette. I'm assuming you've been paying attention. A team that you won a lot with and know a lot about, they just re-signed James White to a, another deal, a three-year deal, I believe. But Bill Belichick has been paying a lot of money to a lot of people with Robert Graff. Could you have ever expected this? And did they call you to potentially come out of retirement? Ooh. Hey, we need to bring the band back together because that's what it feels like up there. I didn't get I didn't get that phone call, but uh, but uh, I, I've never seen them spend this kind of money before. They they they've gone all out. Um, I'm pretty sure you know one of the main reasons for that was because of you know how the season went last year. Um, I think one of the big moves that they made was bringing Cam back. I think that's probably one of the biggest moves they made that a lot of people think that they shouldn't have done. I still think Cam is a tremendous player. I still think he's a tremendous talent. I think that I think that he can take an organization or a team to to new heights you know um if he has the weapons and if he has the opportunity and the the time to prepare you know so he has that all right now and um obviously i'm always gonna be a big james white fan that's my guy um quick before aj's got a question for you there that offense you played around the nfl a little bit but everybody talks about that the patriot offense it's not for some players like there's some great players that have said like this offense i can't figure out i i think that kind of doesn't I don't know if it's getting talked about enough with Cam, like second year in that offense. Do you think there's a chance to see a massive jump, especially as somebody that's been there, been other places, experienced that offense? Is that going to help him immensely, you think? And that's that's another reason why Cam could potentially have a massive leap year this this upcoming season? Oh, yeah. And I, and I think that, you know, I think that obviously the offense is complex um, and some people can't get in, some people can before running back. Uh, it wouldn't be as complex as it would be for a receiver or a quarterback or someone like that. Um, but I think, yeah, I think he can. I think he can make that leap. I think he still. I think he has Josh McDaniels, who's, in my in my opinion, one of the best offense coordinator minds in in the game. He has him on his side, and I think Josh did a really good job of making some things on the offense cater to Cam um, last year to you know even get him more comfortable with the offense. Um, I think bringing back James White is a huge step. I think signing Nelson Aguilar is another huge step, along with those two tight ends, who obviously Cam enjoys throwing the rock to with, with him being a part of, you know, Greg Olson's career and a couple of those guys. So, you know, that gives him a lot more security in, in, in what he has on the field at all times. You mentioned uh, Josh McDaniels. Like, what makes that guy so special? It's fun to watch him scheme people up. Like, when you, you can watch a game and see how he – like his hand is in everything. He'll scheme up all the matchups. And do you think that guy is, is he waiting in line? Is he the next Bill Belichick whenever Bill steps down? Um, I think that he, I think he could potentially be the new England Patriots head coach. Okay. I don't know so much of, of another Bill Belichick. I think it's only <laughs> one of him. I don't know if anybody will even come close to what he's done for the game, um, what he's done for a lot of players. Um, you know, just just the impact that he's made in, you know, in the sport today. But uh, as far as like Josh becoming, you know, the next head coach and, you know, the next, you know, guy in, in line, you know, you got Steve, you know, who's a D coordinator for them now. Great. Um, you have mm -hmm. obviously Josh, who's been around for a while, who's obviously had a, a head coaching opportunity and had an opportunity to go be a head coach again at some point that I guess he I don't really know what happened there. <laughs> 
but I guess he turned it down oh, or he yeah. decided not to go. <laughs> yeah, the plane. You know, gave Frank gave Frank the opportunity to go out there and dominate it in, in Indianapolis. So you know, I don't know what it, I don't know what the deal is there. You know, obviously, um, he he went to interview for the Eagles job. Um, I think that I think that he has the potential to to have you know an organization like that that he's been a part of for a long time to you know elevate him to a high level. You know, but I feel like if, if Bill if Bill leaves, I, I just don't think that you know no matter who's there, it'll be the same. Legarrett, I don't I don't want to transition away from the Patriots time. Were you with the Eagles when Carson was there? I was. I was that. My first year there was his. I want to say his second year. His second year. He was drafted in 2016 or 17. Yeah, and he. That was the year you guys went on a run, though, right? That was that you went on yeah. the, the Super Bowl run or whatever. And when Frank and he were together, because I talked to him last week here in studio, and he was nothing like I thought he was going to be. By the way, he was. I mean, granted, he is just a. I mean, he is a country. Dude. Like, listen, I just want to hunt. Okay, I want to hunt. I want to go to church. And I want to play football. All right. Yeah. I ain't dealing with all these other. Yeah, that, that's literally what he is. It was very, but that Carson and Frank, and you said you, Frank got a chance to come out here to Indiana. What is your big takeaway on what Frank will be able to do with Carson, uh, getting a chance to kind of witness a lot of success with that over there in Philly? I mean, I feel like um, Carson, the most successful part of Carson's career has been with Frank. You know, I think they mesh well. I think he's, I think he's really receptive to the coaching. I think that he does. You know. Anything that Frank tells him and, and, and puts in front of him and tell him, like, this is what we have to do, I think he trusts it. Um, I don't really know what happened in, in Philadelphia. I don't know what happened there. But as far as, like, as far as like the coaching, I think that him and Frank are a perfect mesh. I think they're good for each other. I think that they, I think that they, they, will, they will gain a lot of, you know, interest from, you know, from players to, you know, you know coaches or whatever. Um, as far as them working together, I think that they'll get a. I, I think they'll get a lot done. And I think, like I said, I think Carson is really receptive to how how Frank's put things because Frank is a real calm person. He doesn't scream. He doesn't yell. You know, he just he just coaches and he stays calm at all times. So, I think that really plays plays role in how Carson feels and how he how he performs and how he reacts to it. Is Carson a dude behind the scenes? Yeah, in your eyes. Oh yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, are you talking about for Indy? Is he the dude? Just like a guy behind the scenes, like like whenever in the locker room, you know, he's a dude, right? Yeah, yeah, Carson, Carson, cool people. I like Carson. <laughs> That's great news. I, I, I had, a, I had a Carson, a good dude, man. You know he. He audience of one, so you know it's all it's always God first, you know, and 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 that's that's for that's for me too, you know. But uh, you know Carson ain't one of those. He ain't gonna you ain't gonna never see him out and about. Now nah, you ain't gonna never see him, you know, <laughs> doing nothing <laughs> like that. But I mean, but he he a good dude to be around, man. He's got good energy. He's got a good spirit, man. I like him. I like yeah, him a lot. I, me too. Even more so now with what you just said there, because whenever he was brought over to the Colts with a big bag, and they're like, Frank will fix it. I'm like, will he? I don't I don't know if he will. And then there was these stories behind the scenes, and then I got. To to talk to him and he literally I think just lives under a rock like I don't think he knew that a lot of the stuff was potentially I think he knew rumors and everything like that but he is just like a dialed in guy and with what you just said fucking pump for Carson go. Wentz's era here in Indianapolis uh, if like you said they every people think you know can can Frank fix him I think he can I think he can That's I think great, Frank yes. I think Frank has the keys to that to that far he can he can drive it you know how fast or slow he wants to yeah, it's like an F. It's an F four fifty. What do you got, Connor? Yeah, Legarrette, you were in New England when uh, Nick Casario and Jack Easterby were there. What was your relationship with them, and do you think they'll be able to kind of turn around the Tex Texans organization? So, I was there. I was I was there with both of them. Um, 
I like I like Nick. You know, Nick was kind of a he was kind of a you know he was in a he was in fast motion all the time. So you don't really get to sit and talk to him or you know get to know him or anything because Bill had him in motion all the time. Um, and Jack was more like a, a, a spiritual leader type guy. So I don't I don't I don't know how what he did correlates to him becoming getting that role with the Texans. But you know, to each his own. Uh, I don't know how that I don't know how that came apart. But I, Jack is a good dude, you know. Uh, he's a God fearing man, and you know he's a family guy. He's a good dude. But I don't know how, hey. how you know, I don't know how he made that jump. I don't know what that kind of entails. I don't know how he got into that that you know that role. But you know, each his own. But Nick Nick is really good at what he does. Have you have you seen Jack Easterby work before? Have you seen oh. one of his sermons or anything like that? I seen I've, I've seen Jack preach to the choir. You know, I've seen him. I've seen him give us a. Uh, you know, give us our give us our you know our church talk you know during the during the week and stuff and you know he's kind of a he was a mentor to some of the guys there Did you he, know but but for the most part he didn't you know I didn't I didn't see him doing you know anything that what he's doing now you know, I don't know how that worked you know he probably got to have good friends in high places you know very high we get the highest of places right. potentially but did he do the crip walk on the uh, walk on water bit with you guys. <laughs> you don't have to answer that. God digs what you So we used to play a game called. Uh, I mean, you didn't. You wasn't able to do a lot in New England. Um, so during camp and stuff, you know, some guys probably were able in other places able to go home and do this, that, and other. Where in New England, you stayed there, and we used to get these two trash cans in the locker room. And we take the, the garbage can out and you just have the just, you know, bare trash can. And we used to play, you know, basketball. That was just how we passed the time if you didn't have meetings. And he used to do that with us. And Jack got Jack got a pretty nice jumper. I can tell you used to hoop in the days, man. Jack got a nice jumper. I've seen Jack do some bits where he showed <laughs> some explosiveness and some rhythm. I mean, it was – I believe it. he's got a jumper there in basketball. What do you have, Diggs? LeGarrette, uh, free agency can be tough for running backs sometimes, but nobody – Nobody's talking about Lev Bell. Why do you think that is? Um, you got me there. I, I've been I've been thinking that same thing. Um, I know that he's. I th- I feel like he's the. Whenever the market hit, I feel like he. I, obviously, right then and there, he was the best running back on the market. That's in my eyes. Um, you guys have obviously seen what he can do and, and and how how dangerous he is in the past run game. Hey, you think he lost it? You think he lost it with his style of running? How he was so patient, he had that burst and the vision. Do you think potentially it's gonna be those days are behind us, or you think he still got it? Oh no, I think he still has it. But the 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 question is 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 he going to run into another line that's going to allow him to do oh, that? Okay. You know, um, the Chiefs line is was good. I think they were pretty decent. But they they weren't able to hold blocks long enough for him to be that patient. Obviously, the Jets weren't able to do anything, um, <laughs> you know. And I, <laughs> I think that I think that a, a a good spot for for him to land at would be somewhere like the Colts. You know, you know. I I don't know if he's a I don't know if he's a twenty five to thirty carry guy anymore. But you know, I think he'd be a nice I think he'd be a nice third down change of pace kind of guy. Um, but I, I, like I said, I think he, I think, I think he has, I think he has the potential to be, you know, one of the nicer running backs. Granted, give him the situation of, you know, whatever that is. Um, shoot, the Patriots. He can go to the Patriots. Ooh. I think he'd be nice yeah. there. You know, I, I think he's can't, better than Rex. You know, I think he's That's better right. than Sony. I think he's better than a lot of those guys. But 
Can't you know, it. obviously you got James White who, who you signed there, who I, I'm highly, highly like a fan of. I'm a huge fan of James. But, um, you know, I think he just got to fall into the right situation to allow him to run like that and, and play, you know, that way again. Well, Garrett, hey, the, going to back to when you were playing for the Patriots. Oh, wait, hold on. Were you, you going to say another team? Who were you thinking? Yeah, to the, the Cowboys. Put that pressure on Zeke. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe he'll put the put that pressure on down. Zeke because because gradually after that got hurt, gradually Zeke fell off. He started fumbling the football. He started getting a lot less yards. He was not as decisive in his runs. Huh. You know, so you know, put put Le'Veon over there. You know, that put a little pressure on him. That put a pressure on any running back because Le'Veon nice. He's not <laughs> right. He's so nice. Hey, speaking yeah. of that, like we talk about quarterbacks having confidence. If they lose their confidence, it'd be ridiculously hard to to get it back. And like when you got to pull the trigger on the next play, is it similar with running backs? Like a guy like Zeke, is that could that be a confidence thing? If a guy all of a sudden becomes a fumble and just isn't what they doesn't look like they did in the years previous? I think it. I think it can. I think it can hurt your confidence. I think that you know you can get into a position to where in your mind. Only thing you're thinking about is holding on to the rock, and now you're not running it efficiently. Uh. Um, now you're not seeing the holes efficiently. You know you're not being as decisive. You know, and and that all plays a role. You know, like I said, whenever whenever Dak went down, that changed the Cowboys' whole organization. That that goes to show you that he deserves the bag that he got because it was not the same without him there. It wasn't even close. I agree. And so I, think, I think with 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 when it, with Zeke. You know, obviously, without without having that security of of Dak being behind the quarterback or behind the center, you know, knowing that a lot of the a lot of the offense of production is going to fall on him, you know, he, it probably was a little bit too much pressure for him. You know, it's very fascinating what you said there about once you because they say once a fumbler, always a fumbler, and I would assume running backs know that and they hear that quote as well. And and I'm happy to hear that the greatest athletes on earth feel the same way. If I was to drop a snap in practice. The next maybe three weeks, the only thing I'm thinking is fucking cannot drop the snap. And when, <laughs> when you start thinking about that, by the way, you're not thinking about anything else. So whenever you start thinking about like, okay, I cannot fumble this ball, that that clouds your judgment. That's your how quick you are. That, that everything can kind of go into that. So it throws the whole synchronization off. Yeah, agreed. It throws the other thing off. Like you're, you're always a second too late here or a split second too late there or, you know, I might have missed this whole – you know, and obviously in the NFL, whenever it comes to that, if you miss a hole in the NFL, whereas as in college, you could probably miss the hole, run back across, run back across again, the hole's still going to be there. You know, <laughs> in the league, if you miss it, you miss it, and it's, there's no going back to it. You know, that you could turn a potential 20-yard run to a one-yard carry, you know, all because you're thinking about making sure I, I can hold on to the ball or making sure I don't bobble the handoff from the quarterback or – you know, making sure I'm conscious of if somebody runs behind me, they're going to poke it out or something like that. Hey, I was big on the, you know, the strip from the backside there. <laughs> catch, catch me in a basketball court. I'm doing, hey, in the basketball court, I'm doing the same thing, by the way. Oh, yeah. That's like your way of showing that you're, you're giving some effort. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm trying. You know what I mean? I'm trying my best. Huh? Can you hoop? Come on, dude. What do you think this is? Yeah. I'm a white guy that lives in Indiana, all right? It is wet, buddy. It is, it is wet out here. I don't know how I'd fare against Jack Easterby in basketball, yeah. but I think I'm taking him underneath if I have to, if I've seen his belt buckle performance before. But, yeah, we got to get you. Hey, every time I talk to you, I enjoy it, man. We got to get you out here. We appreciate you so much. Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys having me, man, anytime. Whenever you need me to come out there, man, say the word, I'll be there. 
And I thank you guys so much. Thank you for letting me promote promote my new product, man. LGSpillgood.com. Go order that. I'm telling you, it's the best product, CBD product on the market, hands down. Ladies and gentlemen, LeGarrette Blunt. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big shout out to LeGarrette. He's a good dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He is. I enjoy him a lot. He's an awesome, smart dude. Like, I, yeah. He was an absolute monster on the field, too. Yeah, I think we had a picture of you and him running into each other. Mm-hmm. There was a, you guys yeah, had a, I think it was, it's probably him running over me. I, I, no. Whoa. Oh, AJ. picture has a different. Hey, no cakes there in that photo, it looks like. It might be a problem, Yikes. but you did drive it, roll the hips there a little bit, huh? You got in that thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a rough angle. Who knows if I stayed up? I doubt I stayed on my feet. Hey, me saying no cakes there, by the way, got him. Yeah. That's why it, <laughs> it's a rough angle, he yeah, said. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's another photo from that angle, too. I Hold think. on. I do believe we have some breaking news oh, here on uh-oh. Wednesday, oh. March 24th, 2021. Ian Rappaport is reporting that the Colts are expected to re-sign T.Y. Hilton per his agents, the Cat brother, Cats brothers, who used to work with Rosenhouse, by the way, then split, made their own agency. Good group of dudes bringing back one of the faces of the franchise for the past decade. This was always the goal of both sides. Jim Irsay put out a tweet at the end of the season. Aside from T.Y. Hilton, who else should be on the three banners outside of the stadium? He was going to be a free agent. Everybody's like, is this Jim saying he's definitely bringing him back? Then the wave happens. Then Jim Irsay gives a press conference and says, if it works in the context of our plan, it does work whenever you have T.Y. Hilton. Maybe they also get Sammy Watkins, another weapon, so T.Y. can do a lot more work with Carson Wentz. Ian Rappaport is reporting that T.Y. Hilton's deal is for one year worth $10 million with $8 million guaranteed. Guaranteed spelled wrong by rap sheet, but it's still a good tweet. He will become a free agent after this year. I think this is a good win for both sides. Hashtag bring back or bring home T.Y. I forget what it was. He's all the way back. In the yeah, how do you not, like, how would you not bring him back if you're the Colts? You had to find a way. You're bringing Carson Wentz in. T.Y., like the presence he has in the locker room on the field, I think it's yeah it makes sense it's a win-win for both and i think both sides realized like ty was potentially getting swallowed in coverage for the last because there's nobody else and i and i think ty would even say to you like uh I, I, like maybe ty wouldn't say, i would assume he would know this ty if you put somebody else with him then they can't roll coverages to him his route running ability he is he is He's good. He's very smart. He's. I got a chance to watch him go from rookie to vet, get paid and everything like that. What Reggie Wayne and him worked on in practice on a daily basis, T.Y.'s a weapon. I'm very happy he's back in Indianapolis. One-year deal, he has a chance to hit business again and maybe, you know, bring in another weapon. Sammy Watkins is allegedly in the building. Mm-hmm. That would be massive alongside Jack Doyle. T.Y. Hilton said, one thing I know about this city is that they love me. And I yeah. love them, he said. I listen to all the songs. I, need, I read all the tweets i will cherish this forever it's only right i finish what i started ty is home so sorry to interrupt i just want to let you know march madness has returned and paramount plus has the games you won't want to miss that's what i'm talking about watch cbs games live on paramount plus including the final four and national championship game on april 5th paramount plus is also the home to year-round sports including the masters what pga championship okay uefa yes please the champions league yes the europa league all the soccer obviously the nfl okay and more plus get breaking news 
coaches, expert picks, and highlights from all of your favorite teams with CBS Sports HQ, a 24-7 sports news network. Visit ParamountPlus.com before March 31st to receive a one-month free trial of Paramount Plus. That's ParamountPlus.com to receive a one-month free trial of Paramount. Why not go snoop around and see what you like? Have to do it. We've been dancing around all these different platforms. Mm-hmm. Okay, and once you get to the bottom, once you beat the game, you go and check out somebody else. Paramount Plus is getting in the game because not only do they have content, but they also have all the sports that you're looking for that the other platforms don't have. Bingo. Shout out to Paramount Plus. Right now, you go to P-A-R-A-M-O-U-N-T-P-L-U-S.com, and you can receive a one-month free trial. Go ahead and snoop around. Listen, I don't know how long Paramount Plus is going to be a partner of ours. You can watch everything they probably have in one month. Now, the new sports that are going to get updated in there with their relationships Mm -hmm. with CBS Sports and everything like that, you're going to have to stick around to see that. But one month free trial, you might as well get offered a four-year free trial at this particular point. You know, dip your toe in the water a little bit. ParamountPlus.com. We appreciate the hell out of you. One month free trial. Welcome aboard. Let's get back to the show. Joining us from his attic in Ohio, ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hall. AJ, how you doing, pal? What's happening, guys? I got to uh, see almost all of your uh, interview with Alex Honnold. It was good, man. I think you did a great job. Thank you. I, I That was one of the only... Thank you. That means a lot. But the... Um, you know, I, when it was booked... He's an alien. He's an alien, by the way. Yes, he is. Uh-huh. He absolutely is an alien. There's no other person. Like, but when it was booked, that type of conversation, I would normally say, okay, let's not do it on the live show. Let's do this because it's not necessarily something that Sports Stooge is normally known for talking about. So we can do this off air. And if it's terrible, we can maybe make it a little bit better or whatever. The fact that it was batting leadoff on today's show, yeah. I was like, all right, let's see if I'm, let's see if I can actually have a conversation with somebody here. Let's see if I, so I did real research on that one. I was pumped. And I've become a massive fan of that guy. So I was thankful for, you know, how much he opened up. It was cool. There's nobody like that guy, though, dude. Nobody. No. Like his demeanor. And you you guys showed the clip when he got when he got to the top, when he went free soloed, uh, and he's just bounding back and forth on the rocks right on the edge. I'm like, no, that's one of the scariest parts right there, man. Like, <laughs> In free solo, they get to the top or whatever, and he just sits on the edge of it with the, the back, and he's like – tying up his ropes or whatever and he's like oh, i think we could have i think i'm gonna do it this year yeah and then he stands up and kind of just like dances it's it's unbelievable that there's just zero it, it does make sense though that his amygdala okay uh-huh. is potentially showing no emotion in everyday life because if this becomes your everyday life like this part right here yeah he's got to be exhausted what if he sneezes faints yeah <laughs> yeah anything like that you know like my wife and I will go take a picture. We uh, we hike when we go places. And by the way, hiking, if you grew up in like Pittsburgh or anywhere, it's just walking in the woods. Yeah. Okay, so I had never gone hiking before, but I had walked in the woods a lot. Okay. And when my wife loved hiking, you know, she was like, let's go hiking. I'm like, well, I'm excited to do this. As we're doing it, I'm like, oh, we're just walking in the woods. <laughs> and, and, and like, you know, from back in the day, the inner child starts coming out because we used to run through these trails that would connect the streets, right? So the streets were connected by hills and 
trails and everything like that. And you know, when you're going down a hill, turn that some bitch sideways, shuffle down the hill. Mm -hmm. There was a part of like probably you know uh, black diamond hiking <laughs> things oh, yeah. where I was like, oh, this is, I, this is just like I was a kid again. Sam, obviously incredible hiker, she's been doing it her whole life, but she was not happy with how much shit I was talking in the middle of hiking. Like, this is what you fucking guys. This is walking in the woods. I've been doing this my entire life. <laughs> but then we'll go and take a picture somewhere. It'll be on the edge or something or close to the edge. And it's like, man, if you just so happen to accidentally, like people accidentally fit, like oh, dead, yeah. I'm fucking dead right now. In Hawaii, we walk up this rock thing and you look down, it's just like certain death is right down there. What happens if I sneeze, slip? He's just fucking prancing around mm -hmm. on top of these things after using every muscle in his body to climb up to the top of it. There's not even a thought of like, oh, I might, my leg might just give yeah, out or something. There's not even a thought of that. If you it's sneeze though, you blow backwards, so you're good. So you can't sneeze looking away. Oh, because you're saying the core is going back, but yeah. your head, though. By the way, uh -huh. yeah, very smack it off the rock and see you later. He's a wild. He, he's a wild man, though. I love. I love talking to him, though. I did yeah. enjoy it. No, he. I thought he was great. I thought he he enjoyed being on with you. Obviously, it was a little different than a lot of the podcasts and interviews that he has gone on over the years. But talking about taking pictures up at the top made me think of. Uh, was it a guy or a girl who was taking a selfie at the top of like over a cliff? Boom, dead. That, that became a that thing. There's a few. Remember yeah, the, yeah. The, the people were planking. The, the plank thing was killing people. <laughs> uh -huh. Remember the, the plank phenomenon happened. I want to bring planking back. I think planking should come back. Yeah, but what happens is it gets in the hands. Something happened to you. Well, see, that's what I'm talking about. That, that's exactly he what I'm talking about. There's no way Nick was talking to me like that. I think he did. But but what I'm saying is it gets in the hands of wrong people, and they, they start planking when they shouldn't be planking. Mm -hmm. It's like those Russian videos that come out oh. where they're doing Olympic gymnastic floor routines yeah. on the top of these buildings and skyscrapers. It's like, yo, I, I appreciate the fact you guys are doing this for our entertainment, okay? I do appreciate what you're doing, but... I mean, that is some of the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my entire life that you're doing right there. People are falling off cliffs playing Pokemon Go. Ch chasing oh, yeah. shit buildings. on their goddamn yeah. phone. They're falling out of buildings. Yeah. yeah. Saw some offensive linemen doing it. I said it before. I knew we were fucked. Uh, <laughs> Two and 14. I knew we were fucked. <laughs> oh, that, was, that was like a weird craze for a little bit. What was it? Were they like scavenger hunts on, on what? Yeah, so you had these apps, I think, where you had to go and you would like throw fake balls at things mm -hmm. that would pop up in virtual reality or whatever. And I only know that because guys were showing up almost late to meetings in training camp that were pretty vital to our success. And they were coming in like celebrating and there was like a whisper like, oh, I just got a, a goddamn Pikachu outside. Yeah! And I'm like, oh, we are fucked, dude. This, <laughs> this is what we're worried about right now. But that became a real thing. Those were a big deal. But yeah, people were falling off buildings. And mm -hmm. I would assume though, on top of buildings, you'd get real yeah, Charizard oh, up there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you could not be anywhere else. You know yeah. what I mean? Could you imagine the Charizards that Alex Honnold could probably get oh, on the side of those cliffs? I couldn't even imagine oh those Pokemons God. hiding on that granite. <laughs> I assume Charizard exactly. is from the Pokemon game. Well, I, know who I gave a go for knows. both there. I said Pikachu and Charizard. Yeah, I know one of them is. Uh, yeah. Okay, good. The Zard. The Zard I only know because Billy collects the cards. They're worth like seven billion dollars. Right? <laughs> yeah, get a legend. That's a thing. Like, I need to. I need to tune into Billy. Is it his, his Twitch channel? Hmm. Yeah, his Twitch channel. It's it's Billy opening cards. Dude. I listen. I listen to an adult on a podcast talk about it for twenty minutes. Like their love of. Like Magic the Gathering cards, and they would open Ooh. them, and they they trade them, and buy them, and spend a bunch of money. Like I didn't understand. Bro, I'm going on a card show at 4:40. I think. Let's go. Come what on. do you mean? 
I don't know. I don't know. I was asked to go on a show. It's about NFTs and cards and everything. Oh, I'm going on live at 440, and I'm I'm pumped to be a part of it. But yeah, that is a the coverage of the card business is starting to become its own business. I mean, it is it is really growing right now, especially with these NFTs. I mean, yeah. is it Gary's? Uh, is, is it? I, no, Gary did say that we should get into cards years ago, though. Yeah. Years. And he needs to make an NFT of him hacking the shit out of that guy on the basketball court. Now, did you see that video, AJ? Gary V. Oh. Yeah, he got his shit swatted on one end, uh -huh. and then he was coming back to play good defense. Didn't get a chance to slap the floor, but he was chasing down a uh, a transition uh, a layup, basically. And he said, no easy buckets. Mm -hmm. And he yeah. fouled the shit out of this guy. And it got on the internet or whatever. And yeah. I think it was pretty nice that the guy didn't turn around and punch him right in the fucking mouth, yeah. which yeah. has happened on a basketball court. But that's going to be an NFT at some point, yeah. I'd assume, and be Should worth be. a lot of money. Gronk had a couple, of, a couple million dollars raised for a foundation with his NFTs. I think Mahomes is getting involved in it. I would assume I think Logan Paul and Jake Paul had a couple that were out there. They'll bought a bunch of them. Everybody's going to get into this game, AJ. It's becoming a real thing, I think. Well, was the, the, going back to this Gary V situation where he fouls the guy from behind in a pickup Hard, game, probably yeah. in a in a rec, rec center somewhere. You, know, you, you have yeah. seen it. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, I, I honestly have not seen it because when you Ooh. started to tell me, hey, Gary, whatever happens, and he chases a guy down and hacks him like that. I was yeah. like, oh, so he got in a fight. I assume the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we thought, too. That guy him. just blocked him as well. He blocked his uh, three-point oh, so, shot. And then he fouled him. The, yeah, and then he yeah. retaliation, actually. And by the way, that is normally potential calls for a potential yeah. little bit of a skirmish there. But and then you yell, no blood, no foul. Well, the video, yeah, you do yell that, no mm -hmm. blood, no foul. Uh, the video yeah. cut off there. Was there, did, did we see if there was potential? There was a hug. There was a bro hug. Yeah, oh, I mean, okay. you. I think the guy was probably like, eh, do I want to, like, fucking just knock Gary V's teeth out right now? No, I'll just eat his fucking lunch on the court for the next 25 minutes and, and be done way, with it. And by the way, that kid probably listened to some Gary V videos to get to where he is in yeah. the basketball game where he's swatting the shit out of Gary mm -hmm. V and then getting fouled to hell and back by Gary V. So there's probably a little respect there, a little what giveth, take it for the, yeah. take it away type situation. Especially there. just because the next time down the court, Gary V came off a screen and he pulled up like J.J. Redick. Did he? Oh, dropped the three in this yeah. guy's eye. Like J.J. Redick oh, at Duke? At Duke, at high school, the way he is on the Pelicans. I mean, he pulled up like JJ in his prime. No, nah, I want to let you know, JJ Redick is awesome. I think there was a string of. I love him as a basketball player. He was in college whenever I was in college. Loved everything about JJ Redick. The free throws never ever missing, and the threes were basically a free throw for him. He would get the ball in college, yeah. and it was going in. It was going in mm -hmm. no matter what. His transition, obviously, into the NBA has been fantastic, and he's starting to get wet or whatever. But I remember. Those Duke days where JJ was oh. just—it was—it was a nonstop flamethrower from JJ mm -hmm. Redick for like what three, four years or whatever. And you're a Duke basketball fan, aren't you? That had to be a great time there. Oh yeah, and that's why he was—he was like you know the Duke most—he was like the most hated guy for those couple years at Duke from other people's fans because he would go back at it. like if you remember he would talk trash to the other team's fans in their student section. Because you're right, like it seemed like he never missed ever. And you know, it was Cameron Crazy's drop behind. He's one of us. And then the guy comes blossoming out, dressed like a little baby or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yep, <laughs> that's JJ. Yeah. JJ loved that. Oh yeah, loved it. JJ Redick used to just, yeah. you know, he was born in it. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Greg Paulus. Oh, dude. oh Greg Paulus. He yeah. was the point guard who went and played quarterback at Syracuse. Yep. I remember him. Didn't play quarterback as well as they said he was. No, he uh, did not. He uh, stunk. 
Whoa, no, he, he still started. He started for Syracuse yeah, after he hadn't played. Doesn't mean he was good, in college right? for four years of basketball, right? Yeah, is he the only guy to start for Duke and play quarterback in the only. NCAA? I would assume. Yeah. So we should give it a little bit of love for that. But I Shout remember whenever they talk, like McBride, for instance, on the West Virginia Mountaineers team, they talk about him as a high school quarterback. They're like, hey, this guy. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of point guards where they say, hey, this guy. Can... Allen Iverson. Yeah. It is a known thing that he probably could have done both if he really wanted to. And Allen Iverson is – you know, next level, but the amount of point guards in college that they say this guy could have been D1 quarterback, I'm always like, interesting. That, that's very interesting to think that because I like the fact that they're choosing basketball because they love it more and maybe what are their businesses. But then we got to see it happen, actually, mm -hmm. you know, and it didn't go anywhere near what I thought commentators have been saying for years and years and years. I'm like, oh, maybe it's a little bit more difficult just to be a college quarterback than it is to be a high school quarterback. Maybe I'm not 100% sure, but maybe that's a little bit of a difference there. Yeah, a little bit, but it's like any NBA player that has a little bit of muscle. I'm like, oh, that dude would be a great tight end. He'd be an, he'd be a uh, yeah. first team All Pro tight end for sure. Yeah, don't, he'll just go right down the middle. Mm -hmm. Just easy, for sure. He'd be. Now, listen, if they were doing LeBron James, would have been incredible in the NFL. Okay, I'm not. I'm not somebody that you're going to catch saying that. Mm -hmm. I don't think LeBron James could go to the NFL. I think those people have no idea what they're talking about. But LeBron James, I think he would have had to been molded physically emotionally, mentally to be in the NFL because he's going to take massive shots with how big he is. Now, he's the size of a tackle that they would line up at either wide receiver mm -hmm. or whatever. He's going to take big shots there. Not saying his body couldn't have adjusted to that, but just the automatic transition right from one to the other, I don't know if that's... Didn't Draymond try at Michigan State? Well, Antonio Gates did it right. He goes yeah, fresh huh. out of Kent State and does it. And then uh, Eric Swoop, the guy that I threw a ball to on Thanksgiving, he was also a basketball yeah. player. I didn't believe that that has happened. But I'm just talking, people just act as if it's just yeah. like an easy thing to do. Well, what Zito's, have you seen the, the footage of uh, when Draymond, I think he got put in for a few plays That's in the, the spring game. Yeah, yeah, that was for like a gimmick. Was it all good? Yeah, he he just wanted to do it, so they threw him in for the spring game. What position? Uh, he played tight end. Yeah. And they split him out wide. Right. If I wanted to play, just if I was Draymond, I could do whatever I want. Yeah. I am not picking tight Quarterback. end. No. Let me get on the center. Quarterback. Or put me out of, you know. Why not? Why? Like, get well, me out there. They they did put him out there, and he <laughs> yeah. got jammed up real good. <laughs> yeah, really good. Hey, by the way, that corner, or whoever was on him, maybe a linebacker went out with him or whatever, in their eyes, too, this is like a yeah. – uh, Okay. Oh, you think this you is, uh, This is uh, – <laughs> yeah. So that, my world. that jam, I assume, was a little bit different. I, I mean, I don't That's know. exactly what it was. Yeah. yeah. Well, Paulus, he didn't play quarterback until he was done at Duke. Like, there's yeah. no possible way you could start at quarterback for, like, a Power 5 school and then be the starting point guard. Too. Would be dope if you did. Dope. Yeah. I would like to see it. I, I would really like to see it, but I think it's a lot more difficult than all those commentators make it. This guy, incredible quarterback, could probably could have played at Alabama. It's like, fuck. Is that right? Okay, dude. Can we fucking relax here just act like how easy it is? I get it that they are freak athletes, but it is a very different. And it seems like every point guard has that say because you have to be obviously incredibly athletic you got to have good vision you got to be very smart all the intangibles to be a quarterback but there is a lot i think of just ridiculous hype thrown out there like no problem at all you know fucking relax here <laughs> fun fact greg paulson's college head coach for syracuse was doug marone Ooh. Well, and that's the thing about Doug. He's going to bring oh. the best out of his players. That's right. They went one and six in conference that, that year. Hey, he's back in Alabama. <laughs> Look out. He's back in college. We're forgetting the best player. Oh, Doug is? Shipley. Yeah, Doug, I think him and Billy O'Brien are down there in, uh, in Alabama, I do believe. Mm -hmm. It's like Nick Saban said, come on in. We'll, 
We'll remold this whole terrible image you guys got. You're going to be Gase, too, for a little. Come on, Big Vet. It was either Gase or Bill O'Brien. Bill Mm -hmm. O'Brien got the lead in there because that Sports Illustrated article laid some things out that said maybe it wasn't completely Bill O'Brien's fault. Not sure any articles have come out about the Jets that don't blame Gase individually for everybody's failure. Don't think so. Not yet. That's going to be tough. AJ, have you seen what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been able to do? This is unbelievable. Indomitian Sue's back. One year, $10 million deal potential. Good for them. They got almost the whole fucking crew back. And and Dominican, that one year ten million, it's isn't it nine million guaranteed? Like it's a real contract. Yeah, it, at this stage of the game, I have no idea how they still have that amount of money to give away. It's what Mike Greenberg down there as a salary cap guy with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Light and Bruce Arians, them piecing this thing together. It's a puzzle. Them figuring out how to do it. You got to commend them. It's just like the Chiefs. It's just like the other teams that are loading up. But the reigning Super Bowl champions. With a lot of potential free agents, being able to keep everybody on their team is a massive feat in of itself that should be celebrated. And Greenberg, Mike Greenberg down there, will never ever get talked about again, basically. But he's setting the standard now, potentially, for a lot of teams' blueprints going forward. Well, just look at those the top four names. Godwin, Levante, David, Shaq Barrett, and Gronk. Those are the top four I feel like they had to get, like they wanted to get if they wanted to try to make another run at this thing. The fact that you're able to get them and Indomitian Sioux yeah, you extended Tom Brady. Jeez, I mean, do they need A.B. and Fournette at this point? So I think they gave uh, Lombardi Lenny, like, uh, go test, go find out what it's worth, and then we'll talk to you afterwards or whatever. Leonard Fournette's stock was probably pretty hot. I'm surprised he has not been signed somewhere. Now, James White just signed back with the Patriots, so maybe there'll be a string of running backs here to see who goes where. But I was very surprised that nobody was really going to get Fournette because those last, what, four weeks of the season or whatever, he was playing better than we've ever seen him. He he looked like the guy that we all thought he was going to be coming out of LSU. It was unbelievable. Just won a Super Bowl. I thought he was potentially going to get a deal. Uh, Maybe he'll come back on a one-year thing and run it back again with them or go for two. I'm sorry, that's Kansas City shit. We ain't doing that, (laughs) says Bruce Arians. But Antonio Brown, I, I wonder how that situation's working as well. Yeah, does are there a bunch of other teams coming after Antonio Brown? And he's trying to figure out, hey, do I want to maybe take a little less to go to Tampa Bay or somewhere else? You know, the, you can't believe anything that you read because somebody just reported that there's no market outside of Indianapolis for T.Y. Hilton. Okay, somebody tweeted that. I forget who it was, but it was tweeted out by somebody. Then we just heard there's three teams targeting T.Y. Hilton. So it's like, who's... Who's putting out what information? You know, like, who would it benefit to put out that there's no other market for TY other than Indy? Well, you would think Indy potentially is putting that information out, but Indy doesn't seem to be a a team that is just going to leak bad information. So maybe it's some other wide receiver's agent that is potentially putting that. You never know who it is. Then TY puts out the eyeballs. Then it's like, well, the Ravens are interested. The Colts are interested. It's like, you never know where any of this shit's coming from, honestly. And then once deals are signed, we have no idea if those deals are accurate either. It's, It's quite a... A, a, a cesspool of bullshit that mm-hmm. we're kindly trying to kind of mm-hmm. make our way through here, AJ. I, I guess that's why it's so fun to talk about and speculate because every, there's a million people doing it and we all have a different take and a different opinion on what all of these things are. T.Y. is a player. It, it, when you say, if someone wants to say there's not a market for him, what, at what price? Are you saying like he's priced himself out of the market? Like there's definitely a market, but... Maybe it's just not at the price that he wants. Oh, so then maybe there's the follow-up. Okay, so who's putting out that information for that reason? You know, it, it's just, you never know. You want, Because maybe that's another team that is interested, but at the price they want T.Y. Mm-hmm. to come down, so they're saying no other teams. I mean, it's just, 
You never know. And by the way, Trent Dilfer said, we are a target for misinformation. Yeah. This show right here. You know those dumbasses that have to go live for three hours every single day and talk about this? Let's get them to fucking jump on something. <laughs> Can't thank you enough for listening this long. I automatically assumed that we would potentially have zero entries into the hashtag and the pod squad. A lot of them. A lot of entries. I appreciate you all. I got a chance to see a lot of different jobs that you guys do. I got a chance to see and witness places that you sit and hang out whenever you listen to the show. I want to let you know I appreciate the shit out of you guys, not only for listening, but for the work you put in day in and day out. It seems like there's no easy way to do things. Let's go and get this thing. I appreciate you so much for allowing us to be a part of your day. Uh, whenever we made the jump from three shows a week to five shows a week, we had no idea what was going to happen. It's too much, it seems like. But it feels like we have met a great group of people who enjoy the shit out of just spending time with us. And I want to let you know we appreciate that immensely. Yeah. If you enjoy this show, please be a friend Tell a friend. If not, and you're you're listening this far, you don't. You, you do enjoy the show, right? I want to let you know you guys are the best. Ty will pick out some of the winners to give away a few thousand dollars. We'll continue to do that if you continue to rock with us. Uh, we're back tomorrow with a big Thursday. Ty, please play some independent music and repel these people into a beautiful Wednesday night. Cheers. 